Hi, my name is Brandon Laird, and you're listening to The Salvationist Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Mission in a Pandemic, a six-episode podcast that will feature insights into how the Salvation Army is adapting as we reopen during the pandemic. Today, we're going to talk with Claire Dunmore, Territorial Integrated Mission Secretary, who will offer a perspective on integrated mission within the social services ministry of the Salvation Army. Good day, Claire. Glad that you can come on to the podcast. Hi, Brendan. It's lovely to uh, to be able to have a chat with you. It's been a while. Yes. It's very interesting um, working off-site these days at THQ with everyone and seeing them through the Zoom interfaces. We actually, in some cases, I think are talking more away from the building than when we were actually at the building. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can't just have a quick chat with someone at the uh, at the coffee station. You're, it's a planned meeting and there's an, a 30-minute, an hour. Or, yeah, so it is the case, but uh, it's all good. The Salvation Army is known for our social service work. And within the social service work, we have the Integrated Mission Department, who is doing new things with the Pathway of Hope and building on innovations within the Salvation Army to help with social services. And COVID-19 pandemic sort of just happened as you guys rolling out this Pathway of Hope program across the territory. So I'm curious, as you guys are opening up, what safeguards have you put into place to open safely? Yeah, so I mean, many of the ministry units, as you know, across the territory have never closed their doors, right? Uh, Particularly when you're talking about residential facilities, shelters, healthcare, transitional housing, that kind of stuff. Um, But even our core services that uh, provide community services across the territory have had to readjust and change the way they do their business. The doors have been open for the most part, maybe reduced hours, maybe uh, reduced programming. Group programming obviously has not been feasible. But in terms of Pathway of Hope, we have sort of been intentional about reigniting the concept, but also during this whole time have said, keep connected with people, give them a phone call, send them a postcard, do those kind of things. And there's been many ministry units across the territory that have been able to do that and have just picked up the phone and said, how are you doing? They've been working with a client for several months. Uh, Then here comes COVID. They picked up the phone and said, what's going on? How are you doing? We're thinking about you. That's huge. But now we're entering back into a stage where we can physically see people. Uh, They can come into the office more easily. All All the appropriate provincial guidelines have been put in place. I've been to several ministry units in the last six weeks for various different reasons and trainings and things like that. And it's great to see that it's it's really quite the norm for people to be in mass, for there to be uh, time between appointments so that there's there's less activity in, in the buildings. And people really taking this seriously and uh, precautions put in place to protect our own staff, but also the people that we're working alongside. So it's thing, good things are happening. It's good to see. That's good to hear. For people who are interested in knowing about the COVID-19 recovery roadmap for the Pathway of Hope, you could visit salvationist.ca slash integrated mission and just click on the Pathway of Hope COVID recovery roadmap and uh, you can see what's happening there. How long have you guys, you just said, you know, you guys actually haven't closed at all during the pandemic in, in, in in some of the ministries. 
and other ministries have changed, transitioned, and they're now re-engaging in different aspects. Can you share any examples of some stories from the Pathway of Hope during the COVID time? Sure. Um, I mean, there's there's quite a number. Yeah, I, I think of a mother of uh, two girls, 10 and 5, Melissa, came to the Salvation Army for a food hamper initially, was approached, you know, conversation happened, relationship built with a, with a caseworker and was told about Pathway of Hope on their first appointment. This is earlier in the year. Their first appointment uh, talked about her struggles with relocating from a, a totally different province into that particular province and, and not knowing the systems and what was available and uh, to her and her children and all of those kinds of things. And uh, set some goals through Pathway of Hope, set some goals for employment and education. She was referred to the local job agency. And uh, within five weeks of being on Pathway of Hope, getting some resumes written and and that kind of thing, she she found a job. The second goal was education and worked with the caseworker again and the local college student navigator to discuss what kind of options were available to her. As of this month, she starts a medical assistance program at uh, the local college as of September. So very excited and graduated from Pathway of Hope. But these are all things that are, people's lives are still happening, right? So we've, we've had to keep stepping up and, and really uh, be there to support um, that transition and that sort of magic that can happen when, when we come alongside people and, and they're willing to let us do that. Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell was a, a guy who uh, came through the Edmonton Centre of Hope through their transitional housing um, through their uh, addictions program and struggled with substance abuse. He was enrolled in Pathway of Hope as he lived in their transitional housing. And his goals that he set for himself were were education, volunteering, and to be a, a mentor to other men and women struggling with substance issues. He graduated earlier this year from Pathway of Hope. He reached all those three goals, pretty amazing. He actually mentors four individuals He is in a Bachelor's of Education program at the university, local university, and he he volunteers with the Salvation Army regularly. They're really this holistic approach to to people and to giving them, providing tools for for them to continue to work on some of these barriers of life. It's amazing that the transformation, I could sit and tell you, give you stories all day long, but you might get a little irritated by me, so... (laughs) I'll stop with those two. But there's lots of Mitchells and there's lots of Melissa's out there. It's really quite impactful. What I thought was interesting from those two stories is the, the mother with the two children. Uh, you're not helping her, but you're helping the whole family in this in this season, which is really important. And um, the, the second one there with um, the story of him going back to school and then also feels uh, connected to the mission and helping out others uh, in their season of need as well. So really encouraging stories. You've already touched on this next question a bit, Claire, but how important is it to find ways to continue making social services available to people, even when we have these COVID-19 restrictions? Yeah, um, I think there's a ton of anxiety and change that has happened, and none of us particularly like change, or at least for the most part, uh, gets a little uncomfortable. But when change is forced upon us, uh, as it has been for COVID, of course, and changes, it's been so rapid. I mean, daily we get a new protocol from our province or from our workplace or, or from the school where our children are and those kind of things. I mean, the changes are rapid, can cause huge anxiety. But, but the practical pieces are we don't know what the future looks like and we can predict June 
the unemployment rate hit in Canada hit an all-time high of 13.7%. The average economists say that it's likely to hit 15%. It's huge for Canada. There we are providing some practical assistance, but journeying with people to actually not just do the emergency pieces, the food and the shelter, but actually have an impact on the future uh, for, for that individual. And as you said, earlier, the whole family. That's that's our mission. It's it's the transformation piece and not, not just this transactional piece. So it's critical that we, we are there for folks and that we stay open and, and that we evolve in the way that we do business because our world is evolving all the time and we have to do that too. Some of these changes that you've been making in Pathway of Hope and social service ministry across the country, will this have changed the way you guys do ministry going forward after we get back to what we call quote unquote normal? Yeah, I think it's given us opportunity, I think, to evaluate what we're doing because we had to just stop doing many things. We had to stop group programming and community meals and things where where groups of people were put together. They may have been wonderful programs and wonderful initiatives, but it's also given us opportunity to evaluate what we have been doing and how well they've been working for us and also how busy maybe we've been on all of this programming. We are an organization that of doers. We do very well, but we don't step back very often and evaluate. To me, this is a great opportunity for us to have stopped and evaluate what are we going to do going forward? What are really the important things? How can we ensure that we're doing mission? For me, Pathway of Hope is it. It makes total sense. It's a one-on-one. It's intensive services. It's about building community around people and involving our church with people that kind of the Sunday crowd with the Monday through Friday crowd, actually trying to bring those two entities together and and build community and have the Salvation Army be relevant in communities. To me, it makes all the sense in the world that, that this is how we do business going forward. Hey, Claire, do you have any other stories around Pathway of Hope that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Of course, I I can do that. Um, I could think of Deanna and her young son who fled domestic violence relationship. Obviously, fleeing that kind of situation, you end up being homeless for the most part. She came to the Salvation Army and to a residential facility, transitional housing, to be able to kind of put her life back together. And Pathway of Hope caseworker, worked with her and and, uh, set some goals, housing, obviously, education and uh, driver's license. Those were some of the things that she wanted to make sure she worked on. She worked very hard with some parenting classes. Uh, That was a a struggle, a a barrier to to get herself and her son into a place of stability. Parenting classes helped with that. She's currently enrolled in a local college for social work. So she has achieved her education piece. She's next on the list for, and, and actually she may have got this and I may need to get an update on Deanna, but she's next on the list for the housing uh, through a Housing First program. You know, there are lots of stories like this. It's really quite phenomenal that when you can see and evaluate and, and you work alongside people and see that change happening. It's so good to see transformation happen in people's lives and being able to be a part of it. It sounds a a little bit to me like uh, coaching, maybe some some spiritual direction um, combined to work with people 
and uh, coach them through a process. It just sounds like an interesting way to work with people one-on-one individually and as they go through their journey of what, what they're going through at that moment. Yeah, I mean, we're all unique. We, we all need different supports in different ways. Definitely the spiritual component is, is critical for Pathway of Hope. Uh, we, it's a team approach in terms of a ministry unit's approach to Pathway, that there is a caseworker, a spiritual care worker, and then a lead who kind of keeps this all together and, and ensures that, that the, uh, the engine's still running kind of thing. The two make Pathway of Hope, this this holistic approach to people. And it absolutely is a coaching process. It's a journeying alongside people as opposed to us providing with someone who has a need. We're, we provide the service and they go and, you know, never the two shall meet again. Um, it's not about that. It's about building relationships, about having conversation. It's about breaking down barriers. It's about building the strengths of that individual and reminding them that, or telling them for the first time that they actually have strengths in this area because they have, they are resilient. They've been through a lot and yet still they are here. Those, uh, it is a coaching. Absolutely. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Uh, and I got another question here about innovation. I kind of I've heard uh, through some of the people that you work with that Pathway of Hope and Integrated Mission are sort of like the innovation department within social services. And to some degree, you know, social services is known within the Salvation Army as in, in the public sphere. Um, has there been some new innovations that have come out of this time? That's nice to hear. I'm quite, that's exciting. I'm not sure we can live up to it, but we'll give it a good go. Yeah, we've been working on for some time uh, a training program, uh, a web-based to to really uh, provide some fundamental education to our own people around social services, um, basic social services 101. So we're, we're working on that e-learning tool so that there will be kind of modules for people, our own staff, to be able to, to take these modules and get a certificate at the end. So that that's one thing. And I think that's really important to continue to constantly provide training opportunities because uh, we're, we're not, we don't all have, including myself, we don't all have a master's in social work and or a licensed social worker. So it's very important for us to keep up with with some of this stuff and have the, the appropriate learnings. So the, yeah, that's that's one thing. We've we've got lots of fun things available to to people on our website. So please have a look there. But we do monthly trainings, and and the last few months during COVID, we've really tried to focus on kind of awareness and community forums where where people experts in the field of any specific thing have come and and shared um, over over zoom we've averaged 30 to 50 people on those every month uh, which is huge and we're super excited about that things like just addressing some of the social concerns in our communities, uh, Black Lives Matter, domestic violence increase during COVID, the economic crisis during COVID and what that might mean to us as an organization moving forward. So those are some of the topics that we've had people outside the Salvation Army, uh, experts in those fields actually speaking to us about what that might look like and how we might respond accordingly. Sounds like a great uh, monthly get-together online. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to thank you, Claire, today for, for coming in and talking to us on the Salvationist podcast. Yeah. And uh, so today we are listening to Claire Dunmore, the Territorial Secretary for Integrated Mission. And, and the website that we were talking about, we talked, uh, we gave you the address earlier, but here it is again, salvationist.ca slash integrated mission. 
Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Salvationist Mission in a Pandemic podcast. For new episodes, be sure to visit salvationist.ca slash podcast. For more Army news, visit salvationist.ca. And if you would like to get news delivered directly to your email inbox, sign up for our weekly newsletter at salvationist.ca slash newsletter.